Welcome to Molecules I've Ingested, Episode 2, Acid at Burning Man and the Asian Stalker. All right, Harriet, are you ready to hear this crazy story from Burning Man? Don't know if I am, but yep. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. a good one. Hit me. It's a little long, but it's funny and crazy. Lots of twists and turns like any good story. Okay, so first up, let me explain what Burning Man is to people that don't know. What, what do you know about it as an outsider, as a muggle? I'm, I'm a total muggle. Uh, uh, it's sandy. Mm-hmm. It's nudie. <laughs> <laughs> Largely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and there's, it's a barter system. I think that's pretty much all I, mm, okay. that's all I know about it. Well, tragic, I know. Yeah, it is sandy. It's in the middle of uh, the Black Rock Desert um, in Nevada. And it's almost, it's almost not even sand. It is sand, technically, but it's more like a powder. It's like a baby powder. Oh, that so sounds it, really nice. It's nice. So, yeah, people are always worried about getting dirty, but it's not. It's more like being powdery all the time, which it's is kind of nice. Yeah. And yes, there is some nudity there on occasion. You know, we're just back in our natural form. People are less judgy if you wear clothes or not. But it becomes quite desexualized at some point when you see just a lot of naked people, you know. And you're wrong on the last point. It's not a bartering system. It's actually a gifting system. Oh. Yeah, it's not like you're trading three bolts of cloth for your youngest born daughter, <laughs> like, you know, medieval Damn. days. Uh, no, people just bring extra stuff and they, they gift it. Oh, that's sweet. Right. But in a larger context, what it is, it's, it's about 80,000 people that build this temporary city in the middle of the desert. And uh, the whole festival is a week long. And it attracts uh, like dreamers and musicians, photographers and artists and dancers and just anyone that wants to explore themselves, get to know themselves and just kind of freely express themselves in new ways. It's, uh, yeah, since I've been going for maybe almost a dozen years or so, it's really helped to accelerate how well I know myself. And it's also been a great place to try different molecules, which is apropos for this episode. (laughs) Who is that melodic voice you hear chirping away? That would be Harriet, my buddy and neighbor right across the street here in Queenstown, New Zealand. Uh, She is a voice actress and she always asks the right kinds of questions, so she's perfect for this show. And if you want to follow her on Instagram, just wait till the end when she unveils her private Instagram account. Batten down the hatches, boys. So before we get into this, have you ever tried acid? No, Trey. <laughs> oh, okay. Of course I haven't. <laughs> you're such a goody two-shoes. That's why you're the perfect foil for here. this thing. That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah, every episode we do a different uh, molecule. But we might, every acid story is so different. We might do a few uh, episodes about acid. But this one has to do with... <laughs> It's so crazy. Okay, well, let's stop calling her an Asian stalker here in Act 1. Okay, let's just call her Chastity. Let's say that's her name. And I should tell you that she was not stalking me, but one of my best friends, Yonatus. Um, I wouldn't mind having an Asian stalker at all. If I could be picky, I'd like her to be half Asian. Oh, wow. Yeah. I like that mix, okay. you know? Okay, And I don't care which half of her is Asian. Oh, my goodness. It doesn't matter. And if you want to hang out to the end of the episode, I'll tell you this crazy idea I came up with to... When I, when I became single, to go to uh, uh, find a half-Asian girl with a Scottish accent, which mm. has nothing to do with the acid story, but no. it's, a funny, it's a funny plan anyway. <laughs> okay, that's at the end, though. All right, so let's back up a little and uh, add some context to the stocky. All right, so, 
Since I've been going to Burning Man uh, for quite a while, um, I, now I have these two amazing roommates in RV, um, Yonatas from Brazil, he's the stocky, and Renee from Nelson, New Zealand. Uh, we're best friends, best travel buddies, and you know, because I travel around the world and I travel with all, all sorts of people, and if you find a good travel buddy that like adds to your experience, hang on to those people because they're really fucking rare. You know, there's a lot of energy vampires that you can travel totally. with. Totally. That's no good. Yeah, it's like a, it has to be like a good marriage, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it's right. intense. Right. Traveling. Yeah. And that's why you know, uh, Yonatas and Renee are like friends with no benefits. <laughs> uh, so just friends then. Yeah, just friends. Yeah. Right. We just we're all we all friend zone each other, but it's an awesome friend zone. I'll, I'll put a photo of them in the notes. Uh, we'll look super happy in the photo, probably because we we're on MDMA when we took it. Uh, but I'll save those episodes for a future episode. One molecule per episode. So here's another little aside about RV. So several years ago, Renee and I decided to buy our own RV um, only to use at Burning Man because it, it's quite expensive to go there. And um, we did the math. We figured out if we just bought one together, we would save money after two or three years. So when I, when I came home and told my wife, Tina, at the time, I told her that I bought a second home with another man, it didn't go over well. <laughs> I'll tell you that there's no smooth way to say that, but it was the truth. So and we still have that home together, yeah. our happy home, me and Renee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, we go every year. We're all the best of friends. Uh, the first few years we went, we didn't take any drugs or anything until we met some doctor friends there, and then they convinced us to try a whole variety of molecules in a responsible manner. They showed us how to dose it and what the effects would be and... And they thought it would really enhance our experience and expand our minds and, you know, make us more loving and understanding and send us on spiritual quests deep inside. And they were right. They were right on every account. So I really, because I, I was scared to try all these things. But when you have doctors, yeah. and there's plenty of doctors that go, and plenty of doctors try these things because they understand them better than anyone else. Yeah. So. I was going to say, it's curious that doctors were the, the instigators of this. Yeah, journey. They, they were the instigators of, of the journey. Mm. Um, and that's, that really made me feel much more safe. Mm. And in many ways, I should back up and say that I don't do this stuff just to party and get fucked up um, and just to have a good time. Maybe 25% of the time we do that. That's our intention. But about 75% of the time, I like to go on a little spiritual deep journey and find out what's going on inside and kind of try to improve myself a little bit or yeah. have transcendent moments of these sorts of things. This is the official unofficial warning. I am not promoting the use of any of the molecules I discuss in each episode of the pod. Many of these, but not all, are illegal depending upon where you are. I may make specific references in certain episodes, but this is a boilerplate official warning. Additionally, should you decide to try anything, it's always smart to talk to your doctor. Doctors have heard everything. Believe me, don't be shy. They'll tell you basically the same thing I'm telling you. Many of these are illegal. It drives these substances underground where unscrupulous people may cut or mix drugs with very dangerous toxins. Know your sources. Be responsible. Have a plan. Talk to your doctor. Be smart. Again, I am not endorsing any of this, but I thought it best to supply this kind of messaging on the pod. Now, back to the story. Okay, anyway, one of these substances 
that they recommended. And the one related to this story is ACID or LSE. Um, ACID was discovered by Albert Hoffman, who was born in like 1906. Um, and he died about 10 years ago uh, from a drug overdose. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fully believed you. <laughs> <laughs> no, he died from natural causes. He was about 100 years old. Uh, so he's a Swiss chemist who was uh, researching ergot, which is a, a fungus that's found in rye. And that's when he first uh, found LSD. And so there's this famous story about him trying all these different compounds because he would just experiment on himself. And like he was riding his bike home and that's when it kicked in. And so there's this famous bicycle day where everyone rides bicycles on the same day that he discovered LSD. <laughs> okay, now back to the meaning of chastity stalker. Um, I was out taking photos about two in the afternoon. Um, my schedule at Burning Man is I spend about eight hours a day sleeping, eight hours a day taking photos, and then the other eight hours just partying with my friends and not worrying about photos or anything like that. Okay, and that seems to be a pretty good balance that really, that really works for me. So anyway, uh, I randomly ran into Yonatus, who was out taking photos also. Um, he was out near the man, which is in the center of Burning Man. If you think about it like a clock, it's the middle of the clock. And that's what they burn on one of the final nights, on Saturday night. So it's kind of fun to randomly run into your friends out there amongst the 80,000 people. And I know that, like me, he tends to have a penchant for ladies of the Asian persuasion. And it makes me question... <laughs> Makes me question free will itself. Oh uh, so, <laughs> all right, do we have free will? I don't even know what to say to this. <laughs> What's right? that? Do we have free will? Yeah. Well, that's a whole nother Isn't episode, it? really. Yes. Yeah. I studied this in philosophy. Did you? And I didn't come to any conclusions. Well, one thing that really makes me question free will is all the various porn categories that are out there. Because sometimes like, well, maybe let me try a different category. And it's so weird. I thought, who would be into this? Who would actually choose this niche? Yeah, so well, takes all types, I suppose. <laughs> I guess so. Sure does. Okay, anyway. Uh, so, me, Yonatas are there. And then we see this really cute, beautiful Asian girl who is out taking photos right beside us. So, it's, it's easy to chat up anyone at Burning Man because everyone's very kind and you can talk to them about anything. But it's especially so when you see other photographers. So I kind of introduced the two of them together. Uh, Yonatas is kind of a shy guy, you know? I think you know, he, he would agree with that. He's just a quiet, nice, shy Brazilian. Intelligent, kind, loving, sounds, all that kind of stuff. Sounds amazing. He sounds great. <laughs> right. So if things don't work out with Dave, yeah. you know, we've got a Brazilian waiting for you. <laughs> um, so I actually, I can take credit and blame for beginning this whole stalker situation. Although Renee exacerbated it too. We'll get to that. So what I did is I took, I took, uh, Yonatas and Chastity and I set them on a mission, you know, cause he might not have come up with this on his, I said, you guys walk to the temple, which is like a 15 minute walk away and just get to know each other. And so, you know, I sent them off. Yeah, so they start sketch. walking and talking and so on and so forth. And so that was kind of fun. So I called up my friend Yonatas on WhatsApp to have him describe this lady of the desert. It is hard to, to describe her physically. I would say she's a short and thin young Asian girl, super skinny with a nice face. Um, with a 
a regular welcome, welcoming smile in her face. And she she looks a, a good person. Um, anyway, I'm out shooting all day. I get back and we always meet back at the RV for dinner. It's nice to have a hot meal every day together. It's nice to have a few rituals. Um, anyway, lo and behold, Chastity is there in the RV and her and Yonata seem to be getting along like a house on fire and we're all excited. You know, it's nice to see your friends happy and excited when they get a little playa girlfriend action. <laughs> That's what they're called. You know, you can have a playa marriage. Oh, right. Where it just like lasts the week. You can also have a playa divorce. Oh, right. They just last. Right. There's a little ceremony, so you go with your actual mate. You just get a yeah. divorce. Yeah. It's tabula rasa for the week. Wow. Yeah. All kinds of... That's a whole new world. It is a whole new world. <laughs> okay, so every night we try a different molecule. We're pretty good at measuring these things out so that we don't overdo it or anything. We're actually pretty responsible. So this night we decided to do mushrooms. Okay, I won't tell you. That'll be a different episode. Um... But Chastity didn't want to do the mushrooms with us, which is fine. You know, we're, we're not exactly a no peer pressure group and we're not a high peer pressure group. We're not kind of in the middle. <laughs> just a bit of peer pressure. Yeah. We're like, hey, yeah, right. <laughs> just try it with us. It's cool. You know, you'll, you'll have a great time. You'll be totally safe with us because yeah. we're responsible and yeah. we have a good time and all that stuff. But you're like in a safe, I know it can be kind of scary, I guess, with a group of men or whatever. She but... doesn't know you from a bar of soap either. So. No, she doesn't. Well, she's getting to know Yonatas, and he's sweet. We're all sweet all right. people, but... 15 minutes on the right. road to the table. And it's, it's her first birdie man and all this stuff. And yeah. So we didn't really peer pressure. We said, yes, you can hang out with us. Although, honestly, when you have a little crew that's moving around together, it's really nice if you're all on the same substance, right? Yeah. Uh, it could be a little... You don't say, yeah, like you understand. Yeah, no, well, I do understand because I guess it's the same with alcohol, okay, right? If you're right. like sober and everyone else is drunk, Total, it's it, just that's actually a really good buzz. example. Because yeah, yeah if if you're if there's a group of sober people, a group of drunk people, the drunk people they're super annoying, but they're loving it. But they're loving a great each other. Time. Yeah, right. there's just that disconnect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So we were willing to tolerate her being around us because you know I just liked having her there. And it, it was nice. Tolerate for <laughs> chastity. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But she was quiet. She didn't say much. She seemed sweet. You know, so anyway, that night, um, went back to the RV and Yonatas and Chastity had S-E-X. Oh. Right. Oh. It was terrible because there was sex outside of marriage and it's a sin and they're going to go to hell. Oh, right. Yeah. Because you're not supposed to do that, right? If you're According not married. According to whom? According to the Bible, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's Gosh, right. It's so bad. So we had to talk to him in the morning and tell him he's going to hell. But, so let me explain the configuration of the RV, okay, because sexual situations get a little confusing at, at Burning Man. Yeah, okay? right, yeah. So it, we got a big one, a, a, a big <laughs> RV. Oh, right, yeah. Right. And so there's like a master bedroom, yeah. okay, and then there is, there's the kitchen, and then on the other side is these couches that fold into like a big bed. Okay? So sleep spot, like four people. It can sleep actually five or six, right. but it really just three. And okay. so since Renee and I bought it, we, we flipped a coin who gets the master bedroom mm -hmm. and we swap every, every yeah. year. Mm -hmm. Right. So this year he was in the master bedroom and I was out on the couch. Mm. And then of course, for Yonatas' situation, I gave him the bed. Right. So we're all in close proximity and I'm kind of in and out of sleep and it's a mushroomy eye. It's very confusing. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, that, so that's the layout of the RV. So there's not a lot of mystery as to what happens inside of there. All right. Okay, so we wake up the next morning and uh, they seem kind of happy. She's kind of hanging around and uh, we have some breakfast and we share breakfast. And then Renee goes, hey, uh, Chastity, uh, we have an extra bike. Why don't you take it? And then you could just come back and visit Yonatas whenever you want to. <laughs> nice one. And then I, I didn't notice it, but like Yonatas was like staring daggers into Renee at that point. She was like, okay. So she went out and we had this extra bike and she just rode off. And wow. then, then we found out that he just didn't really like her. But not just that. It was just like her personality was just kind of blah. Yeah. And she wasn't talkative and and um, a little puppy dogish, And, oh, right. you know, he just needed more, I think, intellectual and spiritual connection, which mm. he wasn't. She wasn't getting. So anyway, so that was Renee's contribution to the stalking. Okay. So she keeps coming over and over again. And Yonatas is such a nice, sweet guy that he can't <laughs> really break up with her in a good way to make it clear. So he and I start to go into good cop, bad cop mode. Okay. Where he can't just help be the good cop. And I'm a super nice guy. I don't like being bad cop, but I was like, because he just... Jonas just wants to hang out with me and Renee. It's just guys, right? Because sometimes girls complicate things, right? And he just wants to go out and party with us and hang out with us. And she's just sort of this total energy vampire, you yeah. know? Um, so then we tell her, like, the next night we're going to do some kind of molecule. I don't remember which. And I said, look, we really want to be on the same wavelength. And we're just going to go off by ourselves. And uh, uh, you're welcome to try it with us. You're welcome to join us. But uh, I know you're scared, you're afraid, and that's totally valid. So, so we're just going to go off on our own. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you, you go back with your friends. You have your own adventure. Uh, that didn't really work. Um, <laughs> so you notice I had like four failed breakup attempts. Oh, no. uh, but she kept coming back, right? Wow. Uh, okay, so there's this other guy that came with us this year. Um, my friend Hugh Howie. He's a, uh, he's a pretty well-known sci-fi author. He wrote a book called Wool. Wool Trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, I met him on the Santiago de Compostola with Kevin Kelly. We did this, you know, 100-kilometer hike through Spain together. And we just got to be besties. And he's always wanted to come to Burning Man. So he came and parked his RV by us. Um, and he found a playa girlfriend, a really nice gal named Natasha. And so we had kicked her out, finally. And Hugh picked her up and said, oh, there's this really sad... Asian girl, and she really likes Leonatus. And so we decided to take care of her. We're like, no, oh, you don't. don't. <laughs> Does she have, is she with anyone there? Like, did she come with people or did she come by herself? She came with two people, but she's just hanging out with us right. totally. Okay. And she's very, and there's nothing wrong with being afraid and scared or whatever. And she sees Leonatus as sort of this safe guy, which he is a safe guy. And, but she's not going off to have her own, you know, Joseph Campbell esque quest into the desert are you okay <laughs> god almighty excuse me do you have the chinese 19 covid corona <laughs> yeah, possibly i'm just gonna take oh a swig gosh. carry on sorry <laughs> no problem so parenthetically a number of other people have donated money to this organization called maps which is the multidisciplinary association for psychedelic studies where they're doing groundbreaking research on how to treat anxiety, depression, PTSD, all sorts of things. And the success rates are like 80, 90%. Um, these are some fantastic studies. I'll put a link down below if you want to see it. Uh, full disclosure, I also donate to MAPS. 
friends that donate to MAPS. And it's really a great um, organization that uh, complies with my overall goal of spreading consciousness and love around the world and healing so many people that are sick because a lot of these traditional ways of healing like antidepressants and these sorts of things, they just, they just don't work that well. Uh, so anyway, uh, check it out. And also I'll put a link to a video from Dr. Rosalind Watts from Imperial College London. And you can hear her talk about these things in medical terms as well. So just uh, helping you down the rabbit hole. Okay, so let's fast forward <laughs> to where things get really crazy. Okay, so let's fast forward to burn night. This is Saturday night, night number six. Okay, um, this night we decide to do acid. Okay, usually we do MDMA on burn night, but we decide to try acid instead. Now, set and setting are very important. Um, set stands for your mindset. Like we all get together and we have a little um, meditation beforehand um, where we come up with an intention. Mm -hmm. Not too different from like a yoga class where you have your intention, mm -hmm. you know, before you do it. And our intention, because acid can last 10 hours, 12 hours, 14 hours, and you can have a lot of energy during that time. Our intention was to spend half of it just out exploring, dancing, looking at all the crazy camps. You see hilarious stuff all over the place. And then we're going to spend the last four or five hours back in the RV. And we all lay down on the couches and the floor together. We put on weird music and close our eyes. And we go on these deep spiritual journeys. And it's so incredible. We cry and we laugh. And it's just transcendent. It's really tough to explain. But people that are listening that have tried it know what I mean. Yeah, I don't. But I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just nodding my head. Right. It sounds great. Okay, so once again, Chastity is there, and she really wants to come along. And she goes, she's still there. She's still there. Oh. She goes, I'll come with you guys, and I'll I'll do Molly. Oh, okay. Which is MDMA. <clears throat> we're like, really? And we're like, that's we we tell her. I said, that's not a good reason to try drugs for the first time, just so you can hang out with people. That's not a good intention. She goes, go guys, please. I really want to hang out with you, and I'll 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 try Molly. Mm. And I'm like, ugh, and then. So, you know, it's not my and Renee's decision. We're influencing, you know, as to get rid of her. He's like, oh, okay. So she wanted like half a pill to get started just to, you know, just to make sure. Because you can always take more, but you can't take less. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> right. Um, and I'll do another episode about, about that. Okay. So anyway, she comes along. and um. So we get out to the burn area about two hours before. Like all the art cars circle the man. There's actually two circles of art cars. So you can see them all. They're all playing different music. All 80,000 people are out there. People are dancing, having a great time. So we found our trusted source for acid. And actually we had it in crystal form. Um, normally it's on paper, like a flat piece of paper that's colorful. And it's about the size of your, maybe about a quarter of your, your thumbnail on your pinky. That's all it takes. It's super tiny. Mm. Uh, maybe about 100 micrograms is about the right amount. If you're microdosing, it might be 10 micrograms. It's a very small amount. So normally you take it by putting it like in your mouth or under your tongue for 10 minutes and you could just swallow a little piece of paper. Uh, but the crystals were just, you do the same kind of thing. You kind of let them just, but we didn't really measure it because it's, we didn't have a, a scale there, oh, but we kind of know what to take. Okay. Right? So we're not. We're not total idiots. Because by this time, we've tried it at least 15 times. Right. So this isn't mm. our first rodeo. Okay. So the one there's so many weird things about acid. One is it takes way longer to kick in than 
you think that it should. It could take like over an hour, if not an hour and a half. And so what a lot of people make the mistake of, and which we have also, is you're like, this isn't working. And so you have a second dose, like an hour in. You put another, put another car on the train. Yeah, good luck. Uh, and so that often leads to great hilarity. <laughs> okay, so meanwhile, Chastity's with us, and she's had her half-pill molly. Uh, she's hanging around Yonatus like a remora on a shark. Um, and just before our acid kicks in, Renee comes over and kind of holds me in confidence, and he asks me, he goes, did you actually see Chastity swallow it? Like, you know. <laughs> I haven't in, you know, in one flew over the cuckoo's nest, Nurse oh. Ratched would watch them swallow yeah. the pill. Yeah. And I was like, no, I guess I didn't. But do you think that she didn't actually do it? Okay, so about an hour into it, I start feeling the acid kick in. Okay, it's confusion. That's how you know when it's kicked in. You just get really confused in a way. Um, time gets very confusing. Space gets very confusing. And I'm on top of our... I'm at Camp Walter, and I'm up on top of... We have this giant VW bus that can hold maybe, like, I don't know, 50, 60 people. And there's a sound system and everything. And so there's kind of this, you know, uh, fenced-off area on top of it so you don't fall out. Not that you would anyway. Um, that, and there's people jumping around. I'm up there. We're watching the man burn. Um, I'm taking a few photos, but not too many. Um, just kind of having fun. Um, so here's some observations about... Um, acid. These are every acid trip is completely different. However, there are five consistent things. Okay, number one, when it kicks in, you feel confusion. Okay, uh, B decision making is very difficult. It's not that you make bad decisions, but even like simple ones are hard. Well, I would be useless on that because I can't <laughs> no. make a decision anyway. Well, it's a waste of time. I'll tell you a quick little <laughs> side story about how hard decisions are. So I was at this. Ted Ranch in Yellowstone, you know the TED Talks. Mm -hmm. There's this, there's this private ranch run by this TED fellow, and he invites about 15, 20 people out every summer to spend a week together, out fishing and hiking, and it's all kinds of people like Pulitzer Prize winners, uh, writers, scientists, philosophers, economists. It's this very weird, eclectic, Woody Allen-esque group of people. Anyway, there's a small group of us who are psychonauts. These are people who like to try things. And we said, hey, we talked to the guy in charge, Jerry. We said, hey, we're going to go off into the forest and do acid. And it was like probably five or six of us. And TED speakers who you would know. I won't name them. They probably wouldn't care. But... And uh, so we went off and did that in the forest. And it was incredibly fun. And then we came back a little early to intermix with the muggles, the people that weren't on it. And it's very... Not scary, but like, do they know we're on acid? It's one of those things. And I remember I went up to go take a bath, and I was like looking at the faucets in the bathtub for like 20 minutes trying to figure out which one was hot, which one was cold. And I kept testing them, and then I would forget. I couldn't even take a bath. That's how, that's an example of like decision making is very, like, should I take a bath or a nap? Or should I go see my friends again? Or should I go? You just don't know what to do. So can I just ask quickly as well, when you're, on acid, uh -huh. um, you're remembering all this. You know how, like, if you, yeah. you're drunk and you have blackouts, whatever, right. and you can't actually remember. But yeah. like, you remember everything. Oh yeah, you do totally. And so unlike a dream, you know, a dream kind of drowns away a little bit after you yeah. wake up. You do yeah. remember everything. But you do remember. Yeah, oh, wow. totally. Yeah. Crazy. Okay, so the third thing that's consistent with every acid experience is the visuals are spectacular, and everything you see allows you to kind of see an extra dimension of color and texture. Especially for someone like me, that's very visual. Because I'm a photographer. 
I've seen almost everything visually. I, I spend time in Photoshop and Aurora. I'm constantly processing photos and I feel like I really understand color and light. But Harriet, the things that I see on acid are so unbelievable. There's no words that I can bring back into this world. Like if I describe like a, a flame that's flickering in a breeze, you can picture that. Mm -hmm. But I can't describe like a, a nine dimensional symphony, right? It, it's just, there's no lexicon that I can bring back, but I find it to be so inspiring visually that it, it just gives me this mojo. It's, it's kind of like this muse um, that inspires me like for, you know, months and months and months of creating more art. Mm. Um, not that I can never recreate what I see, but I try. Actually, that was part of the origin behind these Machine Elf videos. Okay, so the fourth thing that's common with every acid experience is that when you close your eyes and you listen to music, you have insane visuals, even better than with your eyes open. And it makes you think like, is my mind actually creating this? Or am I plugging into some kind of global consciousness? Or am I seeing some kind of tapestry that interconnects all consciousnesses? Because like, I know I'm a creative dude, right? Um, but the stuff that my mind creates when my eyes are closed, I'm like, how did I come up with that? Because it's so intense and impressive and humbling, incredible. And the fifth thing that is consistent is that you get extremely giggly, especially if you're with funny people and funny things are happening. And I've had some of the most honest belly laughs with my friends, like, oh God. Hello, everybody. Um, I thought you might like to know this is an advertising-free pod. This is partially because I don't feel good about taking money and promoting things that I may not actually use or believe in. But it's mostly because no company in their right mind would ever advertise on a pod of this nature. Anyway, if you subscribe, you'll gain access to not only getting these episodes first, get bonus Q&A podcast. And even better, you'll get access to my wider world of over 150 videos that explore everything from photography to creativity to philosophy and beyond. You can subscribe for just the cost of a few cups of coffee per month. Come to stuckincustoms.com slash passport and sign up pronto. Pretty new to this, but we already have thousands of happy subscribers, so come join the family. Also, like Sam Harris, if you're just down on your luck or simply can't afford it, contact us at support at stuckincustoms.com and we'll give you a free year-long subscription. I don't want money to get in the way of your education and fun. Okay, so... I decided like not to take many photos, so I kind of hid my camera away inside inside the bus. Um, not that taking photos diminishes the experience, but you know I'd been to so many burns or bur night burns of, of the man, a lot of photos. I was like, I've had enough. I just want to have fun. Do you do you notice a difference in the photos you take when you're on something? Yeah, they're usually not very good. Not very good, right? <laughs> I did wonder. It depends. Uh, yeah. On MDMA, it's, it could be really good. Like, I think I had that and everyone fell asleep. And I still had two hours of MDMA energy. So I went out and took photos. And they were great because you're right. super sharp and lots of energy. It just depends what you're on. And yeah, yeah, total, totally in control. Um, not that you're out of control on acid. Just you're so fascinated by what you're seeing. You just can't be bothered with taking photos because <laughs> you're just very present in all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, I'm dancing up there on top. Um, I've lost Neonatus and Renee. You lose your crew sometimes. These things happen. 
and there's like 50 people up there there's great music and i kind of like to guess what everyone else is on around me because 90 95 percent of people are on something there um, sometimes people do something called candy flipping you know what that is no that's combining mdma and acid right two together Goodness that's a very me. popular combo what does that result in um just the best of both worlds right yeah you might find out in a future episode <laughs> just wait Ooh. okay so we're all separated uh i climbed down uh out of this giant vw bus and i found uh Yonatas. and of course chastity was right there attached to him <laughs> and she was acting very weird okay in what way well okay here's a here's a so the fire the fire was ending it's now about midnight um i knew that we had another 10 hours of the acid to go we were so excited and it fully kicked in and Yonatas and i are giggling all the art cars disperse. Uh, they go back to their individual camps. There's lots of sand in the air because they're kicking up all the sand. And we start walking back. And out of nowhere, we see one of our best friends, Eric, uh, from Death Guild. And he's got this cool little, I don't know, it's, it's almost like a like a one-man motorcycle that goes in every direction. And it's got a big furry creature on it. And he's like, has this goatee and he's smoking. And he comes out of this <laughs> whirlpool of sand. He's just smiling like and laughing. And then me and you know, us are cracking up. And just all the crazy stuff that you see. And you have no idea. Okay. Okay, so Chastity is walking with us. And she's acting super weird. And she's like stumbling around. Right? And she's like, how do you guys even know where you're going on this stuff? <laughs> and Yonatas and I are looking at you like, what's yeah, wrong with this girl? Yeah. I mean, she's actually stumbling around like she can barely walk. Like she's kind of drunk or something. Or she's like she's super drunk. Right? Yeah. And so, and I think back to what Renee said, like, did we actually see her take the Molly pill? And I whispered that to Yonatas, and his eyes got big. He's like, oh. oh. And then we realized that she's faking it. She's oh, faking. Oh, like fully just faking. She's pretending oh, wow. to be on MDMA. But doesn't know. Just so she can stay with it. But she's never tried it. So she doesn't know what she's Right, so she know. does, Renee has this theory, which I think is right. She just does this mashup of all the people she's seen drunk and on drugs and she's talking crazy. She's stumbling around, almost falling over. She goes, how do you guys even know where you're going, man? And we know wow. exactly where we're going. That's right? so dedicated right. to the lie. Right. So that's when I suddenly came up with my four indications if someone's actually on MDMA. Yeah. All right. So these are my own personal test. One, you, you hold their hand, right? And if they squeeze your hand back, because you can't help but just kind of squeeze each other's hands. Right. Sort of because you have adrenaline. Yep. And it's kind of like this loving kind of squeeze. Not yep. a hard squeeze. It's just like it's you just can't help squeezing holding hands. Yeah. Right? So that's number one. Two, ask to give a hug. They will always give a hug. And if the hug lasts like a little longer than yep. normal, but not in, it's, there's no sexual creepy, rapey sense to any of this. It's just a it's loving like kind of hug. Yeah, yeah. So you can tell if the hug is a little longer than normal or yeah. a little more loving than normal. Um, the third thing is you kind of take their baseline personality and people go one of two directions, I notice. They either get super quiet um, and kind of into a little shell where they're still enjoying life, but they're very quiet, or they get super talkative and active mm -hmm. and dancey. And so me and Renee are on the super talkative, talkative side and dancey. Ionatis is also dancing, but he gets very quiet. Uh, he's on the quiet side, still loving it. I wonder why that is. Right. Fascinating. And the fourth thing... The fourth test is seeing people that you never see people do on MDMA, like acting completely drunk, right? Which is, alcohol is like the worst of all the drugs, really. Yeah, it really is. So, 
anyway, we weren't sure where Rene was, uh, but we decided to head back to the RV because he always likes to go back to have a snack attack. Rene, he loves the snacking. <laughs> okay, so we're able to shake her somehow, okay? And we go the long way around camp, and then um, it turns out Renee's back in the RV eating trail mix, okay? So, <laughs> so we walk along the outside, and we peer inside, and we see Renee there eating trail mix, and then Chastity is there, like in the doorway, and she's like dancing, and then... And he's just smiling, looking at her, because he knows that she's faking. He was the first one to come up with the theory. Yeah. And so, okay, so we we, we walk in, and there's this, just like a song that's playing. And then she's just dancing and kind of stumbling all over the RV. And Renee's like, wow, Chastity, you must really like this song. And then, so we sit, me and us sit there in the RV. We're like, we cannot get rid of this girl. And she's dancing all around. Uh, okay, so I'm going to try to interpret her dance. Okay. And you try to describe to the listeners. Okay, oh my goodness. Right. Okay. okay, imagine there's some EDM going on. Oh, oh. Wow, it's kind of like a constipated stork? <laughs> some kind of bird? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so we, we're like, was... what, what dance is that? Wow. Oh. And so we're like, oh my god. Okay. So we walk out and tell her just to stay in there and keep dancing. Uh, we go find our neighbor and friend. Uh, we'll call him Wolfgang Thrust. Okay, he <laughs> turns out he's on acid too. He was parked right beside us. And I said, listen, man, he's a friend. I've known him for, for years. I said, look, uh, we're in this great play, and you're the protagonist of this play. He's like, what? Okay, and we, we say the bad guy in this play is this Asian stalker. We have chastity. We have to work as a team to escape. So we put together this whole plan. When you're high, everything's a mission. So we have to escape from her. So we start hiding behind tents and hiding behind other RVs. <laughs> we go into one geodesic dome and then sneak into another. It's like we're escaping from like a, a murderer. So after 10 minutes, we walk back towards the RV, but thank God she isn't there. So our escape worked or did it. So, you know, we've got like nine hours left yeah, now in our acid, awesome. right? And so we decide to walk out and start partying. Um, we like to find music and adventure, and who knows? Uh, we like to jump from camp to camp, listen to different music. Sometimes we go over to this camp, they serve like uh, grilled cheese sandwiches all day, and uh, just, just random funny stuff that happens all over. Okay, so we start walking out, and on, we have this huge dome structure that covers our dance floor at Camp Walter, right, with all these beams that go over. Anyway, we see her, she's on top of the whole thing, and she's standing like like this, it's sort of her zombie way. She's like a succubus up there, and she's looking for us all over, right? And so she can kind of see us as we're moving around the whole maze wow. of the camp, and she's just watching us to see where we go. Oh, creepy. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> the first place we go after we get away from her, there is this beautiful art piece. It's, this, it's a series of lights. It looks like an umbrella, like a really wide umbrella, um, you know, maybe 10, 15 yards across. And everyone lies on their back on the sand and it has these beautiful light patterns and it moves up and down and it plays classical music. Um, and it's so transcendent. Even when you're not on acid, it's beautiful. Like I've been there many times with Renee, you're not honestly, you just cry because you hear Tchaikovsky and you look at mm. these lights and you're just surrounded by all these other people that are around you on your back. So I asked Renee uh, more about his experience at one of our favorite uh, installations there. And man, 
It is so funny when you're on LSD, especially if you're with funny people that, you know, kind of know how to get you giggling. Uh, and at Burning Man, there's so many crazy things that happen. Anyway, here's what Renee had to say about this particular experience. Okay. First of all, I love that thing. The big disc with all the LEDs and the classical music. I think it's my favorite installation of Burning Man every year. So I always want to go there and drag along whoever else is around. Um, we get there and it's it's important to find a good spot because you're going to be lying on your back among like a big group of people for a while. And you don't want to get up and you know try to get comfy while everyone else is enjoying the show. So there wasn't much room, so I kind of had to like contort my body into this really awkward Tetris shape. And it wasn't working at all, but I was kind of stuck, so I just ran with it. And it's such an immersive experience that everyone you're lying down with kind of becomes like your best friend for a while. You can't see them because you're looking straight up, but you can hear them. And everyone's raving about how good the experience is and all that. I mean, it's always good. Uh, but I'm kind of like dying over here. Just so just completely out of context to ask if anyone knows a good chiropractor. And we all had like a good laugh, but I was kind of only joking a little bit. I had this huge water bottle sticking into my back, among other things. But I also couldn't stop laughing, so yeah, I don't know, that kind of set everyone off into one of those like awesome laughing fits. We are just I am laughing so hard. And this is embarrassing. I'm laughing so hard that I peed my pants. <laughs> this has never happened before. Sure. I'm I lost all control. Oh. I also really had to pee and I couldn't get up. But I was just so giggly. I was like, this is embarrassing. And then so finally we got out of there. I was like, okay, guys, I gotta go change pants. This is super embarrassing. And we're laughing, cracking up. Okay, so we get back to the RV. Uh, and then I go back into the master bedroom to change pants. And that took like, honestly, 20 or 30 minutes. <laughs> You couldn't decide. Which yeah, and there's this big mirror in there, and they say you should never look at yourself on acid, and that is pretty good advice because it is oh. freaky. Oh, I yeah, it's not it. a good scene. Uh, it's so wild. Sometimes you look at your face, and you can see like your son, your dad, oh. your granddad, and it just like merges all in and out. It's it's this wild scene. Um, okay, so anyway, so so we change pants. Uh, and then we, we go back outside right across the way. We have our, our cactus neighbors. They have this cool little RV with a, this big a neon cactus on top. We'll call them cactus man and cactus woman. Uh, so they join us. They join our crew. Our crew grows. Sometimes your crew grows and shrinks through the night. Um, and, uh, I think people just like to be around us cause we're actually quite funny. <laughs> like this has been confirmed the next day by sober people. It's not just us that think we're funny. We actually are funny. Right. So we go to the first dance club, and we're so happy to be rid of chastity. And then Yonatas uh, um, like pretended like he was writing stuff on a piece of paper, and he's talking all about the stuff he, he and he showed us this piece of paper, and he checked it up. He goes, "Lesson learned." <laughs> we're cracking up. We don't even know what it means, but we're cracking. So we go to the second dance club, um, and it was so cool. And there's this small like Bangladeshi man. I think it was a man. Renee thinks it was a woman, but it's more. <laughs> But it was wearing this big alien head, you know, like the gray oh, alien head. Yeah. And it just had this short, stocky body. And it got into this big dance-off with Renee. And we formed this huge, because Renee's like a really good dancer. Yeah. And this huge circle was around like like 100 people. And they're doing this crazy dance-off. And then me and your nostrils crack. This is so, the craziest stuff happens. Okay. 
Okay, so we still get we get back at 5 a.m. It's still going strong, and Chastity is there again. Oh my gosh! So we go on top of the cactus van to escape, and Cactus Girl wanted some water or something, so I brought her some water, and suddenly she screams. Cactus. cactus girl and then she vomits over the side of her rv and she shorts out the whole electrical system and the cactus goes out and the power oh to the whole camp goes out we're just dying laughing um anyway chastity finds us again so we're, we're stuck on top of this thing and she's circling us like a shark down below and we can't we can't get rid of her right wow um finally She's not tenacious. I she mean, is tenacious. Got to give us some credit, yeah. I suppose. And so, you know, I makes one final attempt to break up with her. He goes down. He walks her out into the desert. You know, like a dog <laughs> you don't want anymore. Wow. Drop him off in the field. I said, listen, Chastity, go. You have to find... This is a chance to find yourself. Because it really is. It is this Joseph Campbell-esque hero's journey. Go into the desert to find yourself. Yeah. Go... Find yourself yes, with someone else. Don't go back to your friends. <laughs> don't go back to us. Just go find yourself. Have a, it's a safe place. You know, go. And then it was, it's again, a very nice way of breaking up. So here is Yonatas talking about this final courageous breakup attempt. But I remember saying, uh, asking her to leave us, to be alone with herself, like to feel like the loneliest person in Burning Man, because this is what Burning Man is about, to find yourself, to be with yourself, and uh, most people uh, at their first time in Burning Man, they have somehow this kind of experience about feeling lonely and uh, about feeling uh, that they don't belong to that place because they are somehow far away from themselves. And, when you, and if you are far away from yourself, you won't find your place in, in Burning Man. You need to to be well with yourself, to be well accepted, because people in there feel it. So that's what I've tried to, to tell her. Just go, be alone, avoid people, until you, you, can't, uh, you can't handle it anymore. And at that point, you will understand it, because you need it. Uh, you don't need me or anybody, you don't need uh, anyone here. To have fun or, and to understand what you are doing here. One more thing I forgot to say. Um, while we're up there on top, she goes, "Do you guys have any more Molly?" <laughs> we laugh at you. You're not taking it. Did you tell her that? Yeah. Does she know that? Well, oh, we told her we didn't think she did, took it. So she came back the next morning. Oh my gosh. And she's like crying in there. She goes, "You guys think I'm lying? I would never lie." And she's being real weird and like, uh. And we're just calling her out. We're like, that's not cool. Don't lie. We're here. You know, we've been trying our best, but she won't leave. And she's attaching herself to Yonatas. And then at this point, I'm thinking, like, this girl is actually mentally unstable. She's, like, on, somewhere on the spectrum, Yeah. you know? Yeah. She's, like, lacking some kind of basic human empathy. So I feel bad for her. I'm like, look, we are not mental health professionals. She should not be hanging out with us. <laughs> we're exacerbating the situation or making it worse, even though we're pretty rational, calm people. I was like, this is like a job for the park rangers because there's oh. rangers that are there and there's a hospital. There's yeah. a place Sensible called the adults. Right. There's people that actually <laughs> know, know how to do this stuff. Like, okay, so I want to go get the park rangers to get her some professional help, some mental health help, you know, because this is, it's all, the whole show is over now, right? Yeah. Uh, everyone's packing up to leave. We're packing up to leave. She's and she's not, 
going back to our camp, I was like, we need to get the professionals involved. And so right before I did that, Renee says, no, let, let me try one more thing. Let me walk her back to her camp, you know, and just drop her off, you know, for good. Right. And then I'll, I'll bring the bike back so she oh, can't yeah. come back. Yeah. Well, all right. It's a pretty good idea. Well, it turns out her camp is completely on the other side. And when you're not riding a bike, it can take like two hours to walk across the whole city. Two hours one way. Two hours one way, oh, right. So he walks her all the way back there to where she says her camp was. And then her camp wasn't there. She goes, oh, I don't know where they are. Oh. And Renee rolls his eyes. He's like, oh, my God. And then so he stops on the way back and he goes, oh, I need a drink. And then, because there's bars all over, everything's so free there. So he lifted there, or she's still no, with she's him? No, she's still with him. Oh, for goodness sake. He's like, I drink. So he stopped at one of the little bars that's open, and he got some whiskeys, and he's like, oh, God, I got, I don't know what to do now. And he thought, well, maybe they're at center camp. So there's no like, phones here? There are phones, but like, they don't work. No, but like, it's in cell phones and stuff. They no don't work. No, right, no so you literally just have yeah. to like bump into people. Totally, yeah. Right, right. interesting. Yeah. That's one of the things that makes, makes it cool. Yeah. Course. So Renee's thinking, well, maybe the roommates are in center camp, you know, because that's a place where people congregate, they do acro yoga, have coffee, you know, do beat poetry and all this stuff. So, so he walks her back there. All he has is a description of her, of one of her roommates or one of her people she came with. He's an Asian guy with gray sideburns. That's all oh. he's looking for. Okay. Gray sideburns. Yeah. And so across center camp, he sees an Asian guy with gray sideburns, and he runs. Full speed, leave her behind. He, he grabs him. He says, listen, him, yeah. we have chastity. You have to take care of her, right? Do not let her leave your side. Get her out of Burning Man. And they're like, who are you? And he's like, I don't have time to explain. <laughs> and then she caught up. And so that was almost the last we heard from her, except that as we're driving out, she sent each of us like this 10 paragraph email about why she wasn't lying and all oh this stuff. God. And like, oh my wow. God. Yeah. Oh, Jeff. So, yeah. So I that's the story. I hope you got the help you need. Yeah. So do we. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think it would have been a funny story anyway, but like just being on acid made it so much more crazy and dramatic <laughs> yeah. and less serious and more serious and, and everything. So I thought that that was kind of a fun story. Yeah. No, definitely a fun story. I don't yeah. know if it actually makes you want to try acid or not. But, oh, I'm definitely, like, I'm intrigued. Because, uh -huh. like, especially with the, um, when you say that it's just impossible to explain, mm. articulate what it is you yeah. see, like, that is really intriguing to me. Yeah, if you do it in a safe environment with a group of experienced people, and you don't have to make any decisions, that's usually the best <laughs> kind of thing. Like, you're just going to be... decision-making. You're just going to sit. It's nice to be in nature. It's nice to be, like, in a forest or by some trees or in a garden. And just have water and some supplies and just be ready for the whole... Shoot and match. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a good time. I mean, to be fair, I probably won't. <laughs> but I am intrigued. <laughs> All right. Well, I wonder what uh, molecule we'll talk about next episode. Hmm. 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 What could it be? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the audience will be waiting with bated breath. I've got so many, I haven't really decided which one's going to be next, but we'll see. Hmm. Well, thank you for joining me on this spectacle. Who, me? Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. welcome. I thought you were talking to you. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys, listeners. too. You yeah. guys are the best. <laughs> so here's a post-post script for those of you wondering how Chastity is doing now. She seems to be doing better. Uh, I do not keep in contact with her, but uh, Yonatas has been following her on Instagram. These lessons that he gave her have finally taken hold. In fact, here's, here's what he said about it. 
So somehow, uh, based on the things that she have been uh, posting in Instagram or other social media, I can say that somehow she understood part of the message after Burning Man. I want to thank everyone out there that makes this pod possible. First, I want to thank those of you non-cheapskates that subscribe at stuckincustoms.com slash passport. You guys are like way better than those other guys. I also want to thank the great Sam Wave for his music and sound. Check out our new fractal company at www.themachineelf.com. There's a dash between the machine and elf, so two dashes there. Last, I want to thank Stu Davidson, my Scottish superman, for doing all the engineering and support. I don't care what everyone else is saying, but I think you're the best, Stu. Okay, well, bye, everybody, but this will be a little postscript. I'll tell you about my um, half-Asian girl with a Scottish accent idea. You ready? This has nothing to do with people might find it funny. Yeah. Or ridiculous. Or just plain weird. I think I know this story, but you'll have to refresh. Oh, okay. Well, you know, uh, after uh, I got separated, I I wasn't looking for another girlfriend. I'm perfectly happy by myself. Totally, you know. I'm not like Mr. Codependent or anything. And I wasn't actively looking at all, but there's this idea which I don't really believe in where if you write down your intentions they just magically come true you know some people say this yeah I don't know if that's really true or I not. mean someone at school once told me that if you say in the mirror every day that you're going to win lotto it will come true and I was like you, yeah right okay, well, <laughs> yeah I mean that's guess I don't so. know anyone that's actually happened yeah to, but, so so I decided on. to write down like if I had a girlfriend what would her characteristics be you know and this sounds like i'm extremely picky which I, i'm not it really depends on the person you know it doesn't it doesn't matter the race the background um and, and none of that stuff really matters it's all totally about the person but just in terms of people do tend to have some preferences in terms of physicality and things like that so i wrote these things down so number one these are my bullet points okay uh half asian right I don't care which half. Number two, I want her to have a Scottish accent because that's my favorite accent. Do you have a favorite English-speaking accent? Probably Scottish. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. good, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. My, my least favorite is South African. I probably shouldn't say that because it's probably South Africans. But I think they sound very condescending. Don't you? I'm nuts. I don't know. It's anyway, different. I should have said, let's stay no, positive. I don't think you should have said that. <laughs> okay. Some people know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah, 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 all right. Yeah. yeah. But at least stay positive. I'll just stay positive. Yeah. Scottish accent. Yeah, Scottish. Is I good. love the girl's accent in Brave, that movie. Gosh, it's so cool. Is that the cartoon? Yeah, the Pixar the, movie. The Pixar one, yeah. yeah. Or maybe it's DreamWorks, I don't remember. Yeah. Okay, so those two things, half Asian, Scottish. And the yep. third thing is I want her to be a yoga teacher. <laughs> okay. Because it's not that... It's not specific at all. <laughs> it's quite specific, isn't it? Yeah. Because I feel like yoga teachers, they're kind of, they take care of themselves and they're working on themselves. They're on some kind of a path, you know? Not always. Sometimes you get these annoying you mean like, yoga teachers. You mean like they're working on themselves, meet like in a philosophical yeah, sense? Yeah, mentally, like spiritually, there's on some kind of path of consciousness. Yeah, yeah. Not all yoga, yeah. some yoga teachers are like fake pretenders, annoying people that really? just pretend like they know what they're talking about. You know, there's some self-important yoga teachers out there, right. you know. Okay. They talk about all the 
you know, Hindu chakra stuff, like they know what they're talking about, but they don't know always. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so those three things, and there are bonus things like, you know, be a chef, be a creative. Those extra points. Yeah, those are just extra points. So <laughs> those three things might sound mathematically impossible, right? But they're not. So I looked it up on the internet. Uh, Wiki keeps track of different races in different countries. And it turns out there are 130,000 um, half Asians that live in Scotland, mm -hmm. which is quite a few, right? Hmm. And of those, I think 60,000 were uh, sub-Saharan Indian. Uh, would at, Indian girls are beautiful, but I was looking more Japanese style. I'm going a little bit more, a little more <laughs> east. Yeah, okay. all right. It's just, yeah. Pre just preferences. Yeah, yeah, you no, know? I'm here. Right, yeah. Korean, Japanese. So that means there's, that means there's 70,000 of, of those. Yeah. Okay. My math, you know, my degree is math and computer science. I might yeah, as well no, use this it. this is good. These good, good stuff. Stats, yeah. Right, good stuff. All right, so 35,000, half of them are going to be women. Right, so 35,000. Now we've got 35,000 half Asians that with a Scottish accent, right? And in any population of a thousand people, there's a ratio of one to 1,000 yoga teachers to people. So that means there's 35 half Asian Scottish yoga teachers that are, that are possibilities. Yeah. And so my plan before COVID 19, all this stuff, was mm. to go to Scotland. Mm. And just go on a road trip with my friend Stu, who actually edits it together this podcast. Thank you, Stu. And uh, go to every yoga class in Scotland until I met <laughs> until all thirty-five you... of them. <laughs> and what then, and they, you know, it might not work out, right? Yeah. But worst case scenario, I would be in amazing shape because I would do yeah. a different yoga class every day. That's right. Pretty good plan, right? I thought, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I don't plan. think I'm gonna do that plan anymore, by the way, but. Uh, but it's always it's filed away. Someone else can steal that idea. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me if it works or not. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, no, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Uh, what do you got going on for the rest of the day, Harriet? Now that we're in casual after-show banter time. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna pick the wee man up from kindy. All Kindergarten. Right. right. How's yeah. your boy doing? He's good. Good. He's, good. He's four now. Hey, people should follow you on the Insta. What's your Insta? My, it's private. So really? It's, yeah. Why? What do you have to hide? No, it's just like, I just I like to have control. <laughs> control is an illusion. <laughs> Over who's accessing my You're so funny, private though. account. You're, but you're a voice actress. You, It's good to put yourself out there. You get more well, gigs. Well, I was. I haven't had many gigs lately. You got this one that pays zero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks what for that. What advertiser would take this show on? <laughs> yeah. None. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I've contemplated making it not private, but it's just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But it's Harry Ratty. How do you spell that? It's H-A-R-R-Y-R-A-T-T-Y. Good stuff. Yeah. That's Good me. stuff. Well, thanks for joining me again. Uh, people can always uh, send in any request they have for molecules to be uh, talked about. Uh, talked about, right? Mm -hmm. I have found a few a few new ones out there that I haven't tried right. um, that are on my list. But uh, there's always things to explore out there, I think. Mm. I heard you saying today that um, there was a conference in Auckland about... Oh, that's right. Yeah, something about yeah. psychedelics and... Yeah, just a few days medicine. ago. 
on the weekend, actually, there was a conference in Auckland and it was about new studies and discoveries in psychedelic medicine. And they had originally wanted, they were going to try to sell like a hundred tickets, but they got oversubscribed and they had 240 doctors come. And, um, the reason I found out about it, cause the guy running it, Dr. Nick Ho, he wanted to use some of, uh, my machine elf animations during the conference because of many treatments that were discussed, one of them is a ketamine treatment. We'll do an episode on ketamine too. And uh, <laughs> people uh, go in and have ketamine treatment, like other kinds of treatments, to treat um, uh, depression, anxiety, uh, PTSD, these sorts of things. And the way they do it is they might inject you with, mm, I don't know, 70 milligrams of ketamine, for example. And it lasts maybe 45 minutes. But it's in a hospital setting, and there's doctors there and this sort of thing. And so sometimes when people come in to this clinical setting, it's a little um, scary, especially mm-hmm. when they're going to be trying something that they've never tried before. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, people's brains have been filled so much with that drugs are bad, and they're evil, and you'll be addicted forever, and all these sorts of things. You'll end up in a gutter. Which may be true of some drugs. Yeah. No, I would never try those drugs, by the way. Mm. I think I put that in a disclaimer. Like the meth and the pee and all that kind of stuff, right? Don't That's, do it. Those are so bad. bad. Those can be bad roads, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, with, since people come in and they have just default level anxiety when you walk into a hospital, that they'll put on VR goggles and they'll watch one of our machine elf creations, which are very visually soothing. They're made out of fractals. The music is very calming. And then, so they would have like a tabula rasa, a clean slate, and their mind would be calm. Before they get jammed in the shoulder with a syringe. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we're. I think that'll be one of the many ways that we license out these machine elf creations. I believe it's a brave new world mm. out there. Yeah. Hopefully, anyway. Yeah. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening. A little, little bit long. All episodes won't be this long, or maybe they will. Uh-huh. You never know. <laughs> Me and Harriet have the gift of gab. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes I get nervous. You don't get nervous. You're a professional. Oh, yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, Harriet. Thank you. No worries. Thank you. Bye. Ciao, Bella. Ciao, Bello. Ciao, Bello.